bet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 444 of Burger on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP, unless you feel gooled. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. How cool is our new intro music for the NRL finals from Palmer? I love it. I love it's, it. it's just the best. It's the best. Um, yeah, you had some uh, drama with uh, the old drama queen. He's such a queen, isn't he? <laughs> He's an absolute sook. Yeah. A petulant child of the highest order. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, some will go. Yeah, some, some guys said complained about the number of HIAs in the NRL and saying it was too high mm. and asked the question, does every head knock really need to be a HIA? HIA? And Gus replied with 100%. And mm. I, usually I ignore most of Gus's stuff because it's just an old man yelling at clouds. Mm. And I went, mm, player <laughs> safety is not something I want to uh, I want to be quiet on. So I couldn't, let it, I couldn't let that go. So I went, heaven forbid that care be shown for players' health and safety. I guess we shouldn't punish all head-eye tackles while we're at it. Back in my day, you jogged off a concussion and then died at the age of 65 with the brain of a 90-year-old with Alzheimer's. Mm. Players today are soft. Mm. And Gus replied with, there is so much wrong with your statement, it's embarrassing. Jog on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I won't jog on anywhere. What's embarrassing about being concerned about players' health? And he said, don't jog on then. Stay where you are, but you've bored me now. Enjoy your weekend. So, well, must be must be a bit of a change for Phil Gould to bore somebody else. You know, that's what he normally does, and now he's been bored. Now he knows how we feel when we hear him talk. Exactly. I mean, so I replied with typical: if you don't know, if you don't have your echo chamber to tell you the sun shines out of your backside, you run away from a genuine and serious discussion because you believe you know better than everyone else. Your rhetoric has been boring for a decade. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, and then he blocked you. And then he blocked me after that, yeah. Yeah, he blocks everyone. Look, the, I've never fucking tweeted Phil Gould, hey. I might have, like, fucking eight years ago just saying something about the Panthers, just something normal, you know? Like it was a good win or something, I don't know. Oh, he's, yeah. he's had, like, four or five different accounts since then and has blocked me on every single one. Yeah, so he um he actually blocked me back in 2018 after he went on about Lewis Brown and, you know, I think it was when Lewis Brown announced his retirement. And someone replied with, you know, who, basically? Mm. Just being a bit facetious, but nothing sinister. Yeah. And uh, Gus replied with, basically, you know, he played this many games. He played for his country. How many games did you play, you know, at this same level? Yeah. So I replied with, how many NRL games did you referee? You can't just credit people who criticise players on the grounds that they haven't performed at the same level, while at the same time you're doing exactly that in regards to refs. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, um, Lock me there too. Yeah, no shock. I just can't imagine being uh, the sort of person that whenever they get any pushback on anything they say, they just block. It's really weird. Like, I don't get it. But I think the thing that's disappointing for me is I didn't get a chance to call him a fucking idiot. Yeah, well. Like, I was actually being rather civil. Yeah, yeah. That that sort of disappoints me a little bit. Like, I'd, I'd rather be blocked for being a dickhead. 
Oh, look, he would probably use that in his example why it was a good idea to block you. Whereas, as it looks, it you know, he comes across just being a petulant fucking drama queen, which is, you know, I'm just going, I'm just going by his history everywhere. Uh, Yeah, he really is. He's Karen. Um, Probably didn't ask to go and see my manager. Yeah, exactly. Now, something else that came up during the week and it was media related was a there was apparently some um, featured on uh, I think it was Channel Seven about Mario Fennick. Mario Fennick is suffering with uh, I believe it's dementia or the early early stages of dementia. Yeah. Now, I memory d- loss. Yeah. Now, look, I didn't watch it. I don't watch mainstream TV. Uh, it's not mainstream. It's corporate. It's not mainstream. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't watch it, but I saw a lot of people reacting because there were a lot of quotes coming out of that about his treatment during his time on the footy show. And, and the, you know, the general thing was oh, all they did on the footy show was make fun of him. And, and then I saw, of course, people on Twitter, all they do is they turn it into everything's racist. And so it was racism against Mario Fennick. And, Look, I, I, I used to watch the footy show every single Thursday night up until it started to kind of lose a bit of steam and, and just things, you know, it was things moved forward from that point. You know, you had more options of things to watch and, and stuff like that, and it just got a little bit old. It was around the time Matty Johns got on there, actually, um, and then it really petered out after that. But all I could think of was, like, the footy show was making fun of Mario. Is that the show with the guy that was bald with the big nose and the red-headed guy that was fat that they used to blow up stuff behind and pretend animals were shitting on and they'd feed them all chili? And is that the one with the big dumb front rower from Newcastle that they made him sing That's Gold? And is this the same show where they had, you know, an Australian front rower from the early 90s, late 80s, and they dressed him up in women's clothes all the time. Is that the show we're talking about where they made fun of everyone, every single person on that show? And yeah. so I just thought some of the comments were a bit bit stupid and not really thought out. Like, I watched the footy show, and I'm not saying that they didn't take the piss out of Mario Fennec, because they did. They took the piss out of everyone. Every single person that went on that show had the piss taken out of them. And I just thought that it was time that somebody actually said that, you know? Yeah, I, just I, a, a bit of common sense is required. It really just a is. Balance. How, what didn't they do to, to Fatty Borton? Like, can you think of a single thing they didn't? They put him in a dark room and, and said that they were putting spiders on him and stuff. They blew up a thing behind him. Remember the wheel? He'd spin the wheel and stuff and you'd win prizes. They blew it up like three or four times. They dropped slime on him. They did everything. Yeah, they were. It was immature horseplay sort of stuff. Yeah, and it happened to everyone. So yeah, let's not pretend everyone. that it was targeted at just one person. I feel sorry for Mario Fennec. I hope that his health improves. I hope that he gets all the treatment he needs. But I just somebody had to say that. You know, all of them got the piss taken out of them. That the was thing what I the show that... was. The only thing I thought that might change after that was that people would stop referring to him, referring to him as Falcon. Yeah. And the reason why he got that was because, you know, he got a ball hit him in the head when he, I think, stumbled or something like that and hit him in the forehead. 
And that's well, how we get the term Falcon from. And I thought, given that he's now got a pretty serious, you know, head-related um, illness, mm. maybe we can just call him Mario. <laughs> it'd, just, it'd be nice if we remember him for his actual first name and what he did, and not so much for the fact that he head-butted a ball. Because, let's be honest, the amount of times that they replayed that incident, it's now almost the only image people have of that that uh, that player in his in his playing days, and he was a very very good player and very tough. Yeah. Um, one of the few players who managed to actually make the transition from hooker to the front row and be just as good both times around. Um, that doesn't happen much in the in the modern game. And even when I say I'm speaking modern game, I'm talking 80s and 90s even. Didn't happen much in that period either. Um, but, you know, it, some of it's been crazy. I saw someone else saying that the NRL should be doing more to look after players after their careers are finished. And as much as it sounds like a lovely notion, they aren't employees of the NRL. So it's not really the NRL's job to look after them. Um, it'd be great if the NRL could, but there's a fuck ton more players who are ex-players than there are that are current players so if they were to start doing something like that, they'd end up running themselves broke very quickly if they had to care for everyone after they retired. And I know it sounds cold and uh, uncaring, but it's a business and it's got to run as a business does. Um, so, you know, that's why they don't do that generally too much. But there are charities out there like Men of League um, who I've been a part with helping them out with their magazine, stuff like that many years ago. And they do phenomenal work. And, uh, you know, the more people who are, and businesses who donate to Men of League to help them do the work they do, the better, because they can help Mario and, and stuff like this, not just financially either, but getting him in contact with, um, you know, the right professionals, all that sort of stuff. They've got networks everywhere. The the work they do is unbelievable. I can't speak highly enough of Men of League. Yeah, they're great, and, and they're there for former players, and, and they give them a lot of support in, in all sorts of areas. Um, the other thing I would say is that Mario Fennec made plenty of money out of rugby league. Of know, course. And, and he apparently doesn't regret it. He, he says he'd do it all over again, which I think the vast majority of players would. Of course I, they would. I would say that there was probably very few players that get to be in, like, say, their 70s and they're dealing with health issues that, would say, oh, I wish I didn't play rugby league because, you know, it's what a lifestyle, what a experience that it has given those players. Um, but, yeah, like players get financially compensated and, you know, Mario Fennec made a lot of money out of rugby league. Yeah. And, had, you know, quite a career afterwards as well because of it. Yeah, yeah. And, look, uh, it's not it's not trashing Mario Fennec. It's just I think that there needed to be some sort of, perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, just know? a bit of balance. Yeah, he, like, you know, he, he made plenty of money out of rugby league. He was one of a do- dozens of regulars that were on the football show that that got the piss taken out of them every single episode. Um, and, yeah, hopefully he, he gets looked after from this point on. And um, can I, I was going to say, can I just say, mm. as a kid watching Balmain versus South games as a Balmain supporter, mm. I hated South, and I hated Mario because he was always picking on Benny Elias. Mm. You know what? I loved your work, Mario. 
Mm. I don't know what's changed in me. I don't know why I don't feel the same towards you now about your incidents with, with Benny Elias. I heard a story once about Benny Elias biting his own hand in a scrum mm. then reeling out of it and complaining to the referee that you bit him and he got a penalty and you got sent off. Mm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You're yeah. a better human than that. I always, isn't. I always heard that Mario <laughs> Finnick really did not like Benny Elias. And he, he, was under the, he was under the Benny hate before any of us were. Yeah, yeah. He was smarter than the rest of us, Mario. He was driving the train on that one. Um, yep. but yeah, it's, uh, you know, hopefully he gets all of the help he needs and, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else has been going on? Well, there was a little bit of, of news during the week. Uh, I, I thought leading into last week's finals games, the news that come out and I don't know if you'd call it news or what, but somebody within the Parramatta club, um, released to the media that there was a report done about, the coach and that there were the the players and people within the club felt that nepotism ruled within the Parramatta Eels club and that there needed to be changes. And I was like, man, this was really weird. First of all, they're doing, they've done a review of the club before the season's finished. Like that makes no sense. And then that it was being uh, revealed to the media by someone within the club because it was a confidential report during uh, the lead-up to one of their biggest games probably in the last, what, what is it, since 86, let's say that. And I just found it all weird. And then I found out that this report was put together by Nathan Brown. <laughs> and hey, well, look, they got what, they, they, got what they paid for. They got what they paid for, Andrew. If anyone knows anything about nepotism, it's the bloke who threw his own daughter under a bus to save his own career. Yeah. Imagine getting Nathan Brown to review anything. Like, uh, unbelievable. But that was that was interesting to me. Another story out of Parramatta. That's Why would out. you be getting Nathan Brown to do a report on your own club? A club that's been more successful than Nathan Brown's ever been as an NRL coach. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Why? I don't what's know. He, what's he going to give you information on? All he's going to do is come out of that going, fuck, I wish I knew this stuff. <laughs> It, well, it's, t- it's the Tim Sheen scenario, and it's the scenario I've always talked about, is that these former coaches, they come in and they say, you know what, current coach isn't doing the job. You need somebody like me. Ah, that's what you Who need. Parramatta hired him, though? I, I don't know. Whoever it was at Parramatta that hired this dickhead to come in and do this is the one person they need to get rid of, because that's probably the one person that's stopping them from winning a premiership right now. Yes, and, and then, like, he, he gives you a report that reviews the club. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, the season hasn't finished. Are you sure you finished this report? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I found that that is very strange, yeah. But anyway, then there was a, a report that came out <clears throat> these last few days where if the Parramatta Eels win the premiership, Mitchell Moses becomes a million-dollar play because of uh, incentives in his contract, which I thought was kind of a strange sort of clause in his contract. I know some players do have those incentives, but... When you're a highly paid player and probably overpaid, I think it's fair to say, um, and then you can go up into that absolute top tier of of paid players in the game. I just thought that was a little bit strange. Yeah, it seems a bit weird. Yeah. I, I dare say Parramatta put that clause in there to say, you know, if you can steer us to a premiership, 
you will be the one who benefits from it. And it's kind of, I suppose that they use it as a motivational tool to get players to, you know, perform at a more consistently higher level. I understand that perspective, but uh, you've got to be careful when you do that. It's okay if you do that and you're at the West Tigers. You know that's safe money you don't have to spend. <laughs> you know, Parramatta, it's a team making the final. You go, oh, geez, you know, it only takes one or two, you know, fluky wins and fuck, we've won the title. Yeah, it's exactly. It's going to cost us. Exactly. So throwing those those clauses around. Yeah, I found that interesting. Another little bit of news that came out last night while um, Australia was sleeping, and I wasn't. I'm, I always keep a visual, you know. Mm. I always make sure that uh, I'm you like your Bat- eye on the coastline at all times. I, I'm like Batman in a way, except far, far, far more manly. Um, so and far less batty. Yeah, look, there's less of the bat stuff dead parent stuff it's more just being awesome you know um so in england um last week remember john bateman remember that yeah yeah, i remember john bateman yeah anyway so he he's gone back over to his little town in england and uh last week in the semi-finals he knocked out aiden caesar knocked him out cold with an illegal high shot uh and knocked aiden caesar out of this week's super league grand final between Leeds and St. Helens. Anyway, so we got... Leeds and St. Helens. Oh, uh, what a change. Yeah, just for something Carry different, on. hey. Carry so, on. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's what's well, Leeds' first grand final appearance since, what, 2017, 2019? No, who cares at this point? But anyway, so he gets suspended, rightfully. And so the Rugby Football League, they decide that they're going to name him in the England Knights team heading into the World Cup. Uh-huh. Which of course he can't play in. Oh, yeah. So that will count against his da- his game suspensions, and he'll be available for I believe the second game That's of right, the yeah. World Cup game. Now, I uh, messaged the International Rugby League on Twitter, and I said, obviously they're going to step in and not allow this sort of cynical um, situation to happen, where a player. You know, injures play, knocks him out of grand final, very important game. Um, with a with a brain injury, by the way, and then gets suspended, rightfully so, and then they find a way around these suspensions um, by cynically using international rugby league. And it's not even like it's the England team; it's a it's the B team, you know, the Knights team, which is you know only three steps ahead of the Welsh rugby league team. So, and I, I messaged them, and I messaged Troy Grant. He describes himself on his Twitter feed as the Honourable Troy Grant. That's adorable. The Honourable? Yeah, he, he calls himself Honourable. Imagine giving yourself titles on Twitter. Anyway, so... Yeah. yeah exactly. I didn't give it to myself, though. No, I called you an expert. You called me an expert, and you've got to go by that, you know? I mean, the International Rugby League called me an expert. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, the... should have, they should have you on as their official stats person. Not have no, they, any... they prefer amateurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stats light. So, anyway, the uh, I messaged Troy Grant in the same tweet and said, listen, obviously you're going to step in and fix this in between being very important. So let's see what happens there. I don't expect anyone to step in and fix that because the people that run International Rugby League are just fucking poses. Maybe, um, maybe Penrith should have got Taylor May to line up for some... Some team in Wagga or something like that. 
Well, look, we all know the story about what, what Blocker Roach did when he got suspended leading into a finals game. Yeah. It, it, it flew, it flew over to England. Yeah, it was a great idea, but that's when they changed all of the suspension laws in rugby league so you couldn't flout the rules. Yeah. Well, here we are, 2022. And between that sort of shit and Peter Volandi saying, well, fucking, if this, if Talon May wants to take his suspension next year, that's all fine. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Just another reason why we should be running international rugby league and rugby league at all levels. Yep. All right. Well, should we have a look at the upcoming games for the semi-finals? I think they call them the preliminary finals. Yeah, we, fuck, we, do we have semis anymore? I don't know about you, I Andrew, but I get semis all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Boom, tish. Should I edit that out? No. You're, you're here all day. Yeah, I'm leaving that in. Um, so we've got the semi-finals this weekend, and obviously our wonderful sponsors at Palmerbet.com. Uh, they offer the best rugby league betting odds in the entire world. Uh, we've studied this. We've had a look at it. Palmerbet is the way to go. So if you're looking to bet on rugby league or any other sport, just go to Palmerbet.com, make an account, and always remember to gamble responsibly. As always, as always. We've just got, again, just the two games this week. Uh, we'll start with the Cowboys versus Parramatta on Friday night. Up there in North Queensland. Mm. On palmerbet.com. The North Queensland Cowboys are favourites at $1.71 in the head-to-head against Parramatta Eels, who are at $2.15. I believe that means the Cowboys have had a little bit of money spent on them in the head-to-head. Yes. The Parramatta Eels have a two-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, while with the two-and-a-half-point handicap, the North Queensland Cowboys are also at $1.90. I think that the Cowboys, I, I, I've liked them since they got into that second-last week of the final series. I just thought the pathway for them opened up. I thought the week off was good for them. I like their forward pack. I like their consistency. And... I'm tipping them against the Paramount Eels. Yeah, across the park, they're, they're very solid. Um, my only concern is they did leak a lot of points against the Sharks in week one. Mm-hmm. They need to fix their defence up first and foremost. Their attack, you don't need to worry about it. Don't touch it. Just fix that defence structure up. Um, don't let so many points through. There's next to no changes these sides. I think Granville comes under the... The bench, mm-hmm. the extended bench. Mm. Um, so he might get his way into the side. I doubt it, though. Um, Parramatta have got uh, Bryce Cartwright replacing Makatoa on the bench. Now, I've been thinking about the Parramatta Eels pathway, right? They played a lot of a lot of full-on games leading up to mm-hmm. the finals. They come into the first week of the finals. Penrith just teaches them a lesson. Next week, the finals, they're at home cheering in front of their all their fans and stuff. They turn up, and it's a non-existent Canberra Raiders team. Uh, like It was like a comedy by the Canberra Raiders. They rolled through. Yeah, yeah. And we obviously, we now have the famous Jordan Rapana game we can always reference. <laughs> now they've got to go up there to North Queensland in front of a full house up there in North Queensland that will be 99% behind the local team. Uh, if they can win this game, it's a pretty epic journey for the Parramatta Eels. 
do the Parramatta Eels have this epic journey within them? We're going to find out. I'm tipping the North Queensland Cowboys. I'm going the Cowboys too. I think Parramatta's played a lot of semi-final quality football in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just – it's not really too much about what's going on in the field. I'm just worried that it's going to be taking the toll on the team soon and the loss is around the corner. Um, so even if they were to win this game, I could not back them in the grand final. Uh, I just think that they're, they've got to be getting close to running on empty. Uh, but what they've been doing on the field, though, has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense has been um, really pretty tight. Uh, you know, it was it got exploited by Penrith, but let's be honest, Penrith were playing some, it's probably some of the best football they've played all year against Parramatta. Mm-hmm. And they didn't skip away to a massive scoreline either. So Parramatta were defensively not doing too bad against the best team in the comp in probably close to their best form of the year. Parramatta weren't too bad there. They, they were off the pace, but not by too much. Um, they they basically had a buy last week, let's be honest. Yeah, that's like what I, I was, I've been thinking about this. What can you get out of that Canberra game? They got the job done, right? You can't, I remember you, the fact that they, they did it with – they did it comfortably, which means they didn't have to smash themselves too much. So yes. maybe they have done enough between in, just in that game alone to sort of – Rest a little bit, if such a thing could be said. But, you know, they didn't have to play hardcore for the full 80 minutes. Just had to get through the first half just to find out where they were and then cruise through the second half. Yeah, and look, I've been saying I want to see them win a game that matters, and that was a game that mattered, and they won it very, very well. Mm. So that's a good thing. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see how they they go against this North Queensland. I, I feel as though this North Queensland pack might be really well suited to handling the Parramatta Eels pack. I think that the North Queensland Cowboys pack is um, bigger. I think that they are very mobile. I love their back rowers. You've obviously, their back row is amazing. It's just well, amazing. I mean, look at the bench too. That's where a lot of these games are going to be won now. And Cowboys have got Tabuai Fadao, very fast, explosive ball runner. You can put him anywhere in the back line. Mm-hmm. And then you've got... Luciano Lailua, Cohen Hess, Griffin Neem, three big bodies there mm-hmm. and three good line runners too, you know, in the middle of the field. And Parramatta's got Bryce Cartwright um, who plays around that Gareth Ellis corridor mm-hmm. and more sideways than straight. Yeah. Jacob Arthur, who's a half, and basically Oregon Kafusi and Murata Neokoro, both more back rollers than they are front rollers. I know they can cover both. But it's a it's a smaller bench, and so there's more pressure on Campbell Gillard and Paulo to do more work on the field, and Madison as well. And when they're already up against McLean, Cotter, Tormalolo, it doesn't look like it's a fair battle there in the in the in the forwards. And that I don't know I if they didn't have a problem with nepotism, they'd probably drop Arthur and put a forward on there. But you know, nepotism. <laughs> Uh, by the way, is there any football club on planet Earth that isn't ruled by some level of nepotism? Like they all do. How can you see there's a, an issue with nepotism? It's not like he's <laughs> Brad Arthur only had 17 children. And, oh look, they all play for Parramatta this yeah. week. Yeah, it's, not, it's like you say, 16 other players there who are not related to him for fuck's sake. Nepotism. You say people within this club like to give jobs to people they enjoy working with. That's unbelievable. Um, Don't get- 
<laughs> yeah. So look, it's going to be a really, really interesting contest. Um, obviously, the Eels need to move this big North Queensland pack around. Uh, Reed Marnie is going to be key. I think he's the key player in the whole game. He needs to absolutely dominate at a dummy half. Yeah, very sharp at a dummy half. Also yeah. need, um, probably also need Penistini and Opacic to run a little bit wider. Try and drag those Cowboys forwards away from the middle of the field a little bit. Um, and Gutherson needs to be lurking around everywhere, trying to, you know, get some second phase play going, you know, ask for offloads, shit like that. Try and get that defensive line staggered and broken up a bit. Um, that's going to be something that he really needs to do. I was worried about Moses last week, but he handled himself really well um, after that head knock he had in week one. Um, so I don't think he's going to be a drama here. Be interesting though, he's got a kick. Yeah, his his options for kicking to the corners to his wingers aren't great, especially when you've got Kyle Felt depending on one side. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see him take the line on a bit more. I think that they will do that thing where you kind of kick, you know, a third of the way across the field. Yeah. Uh, and, and try and avoid their backs because the, the Parramatta forwards, I just think will be better suited to that sort of, you know, getting the ball before the, the yeah. North Queensland Cowboys forwards are. Probably trying to isolate Hiku a bit with his kicks. Not, yeah. Like, don't kick to Holmes because, you know, obviously Holmes has <laughs> played fullback. He knows how to handle that stuff. Kick yeah. Hiku. Yeah. It's, and look, if, if Parramatta can get through this game and win it, they're going to be in a pretty damn good position because they'll have known that they've got through four weeks of really hard footy or three weeks of really hard footy, plus the weeks leading into the finals, and they'll be coming home and, and they're going to have a lot of Parramatta fans that'll, you know, and I'm not saying that they don't have Parramatta fans that turn up now, but they'll have a lot more that'll be there on grand final day if they get through this. So uh, really interesting matchup. The over-under for this by Palmer bet has been set at 42.5 points. I think that they will go over that. Uh, it's at $1.90 you know for over and under at 42.5. I think you might be right, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fair few points scored in this one as well. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um. It's going to be an interesting one, though. It's hard to actually be confident one way or the other in it because you don't know if Parramatta will keep that role on going or whether the Cowboys will just um, be that little bit better given they've had a week off. Yeah. And, and look, the teams have worked out how to do the week off. Um, but you always worry about the team having the week off and then they walk into a team that's just, you know, been eating raw meat for the, the, the last two weeks. And there's the possibility of that happening. But keep in mind, the North Queensland Cowboys played that uh, extra time and then golden point against the Sharks. So that week off will have done them good. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, look, I feel the same about both these games. Hey, I kind of am leaning one way, but it's you would expect to get to this point of the year, everyone can win these games. Uh, absolutely. Especially this game. This game is really uh, up in the air. Mm, mm. Um, as for the next game, Penrith versus South on Saturday. Yeah, now the Penrith Panthers on palmerbet.com are favourites at $1.37 compared to the South Sydney Rabbitohs $3.10. The South Sydney Rabbitohs have an 8.5-point head start at $1.90, 
while the Penrith Panthers have an eight and a half point handicap also at one dollar ninety. This the cool thing about this game for me is that the thing I've talked about all year with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, we are now going to see it happen on the field. The Rabbitohs as a team overall, I'd be pretty confident the Panthers beat them normally. But Latrell Mitchell can win a game all on his own. He's available. He's fit. He's there. He's ready to go. Can he win this game all on his own against the team that has been best team all year? We're going to see it on the field. How cool is that? I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I've got zero faith in the Rabbitohs winning this. Oh, wow. Why's that? I think, I think last week they, they performed reasonably well against a what looked to me a very tired Sharks team. Oh yeah, the shark the Sharks were they were out and they were feet up for twenty minutes. Yeah, they were done. They were done really early. Yeah, and they were hanging in. And the fact that they were hanging in, and even in the start, even in the second half, they staged too many comebacks and they were, they just wouldn't go away. Mm. The fact that the South defence let a tired team get back into the game on two occasions like that. They've got no chance against a team who's better than the Sharks and are nowhere near as tired as the Sharks. And their defense, to me, um, it just lapses badly every now and then. It just really badly. And Penrith are the best team in the comp at biding their time and then waiting for that lapse and then exploiting the fuck out of it and then destroying you afterwards. That's what they do. They're the most patient team out there. And uh, South, their ball handling was a mess for much of the game. Their defense was a bit sloppy in, in chunks of the game. Um, they were they were lucky to come up against a very tired Sharks team. That's about, that's about all I can say. I don't think that they will they will win this game. I don't think it'll be a flogging, but okay. I don't think they'll win. I think it'll be something like Penrith wins twenty to eight or something like that. Like the Panthers will be comfortable but without being a, a hiding or anything like that. I was shocked when I saw the odds that Palmer Bet put up. I, I think there's been a little bit money of money for the uh, Penrith Panthers since the odds have been put up. Um, and they've been pretty much on the ball with when they've put the odds up. Uh, even that game against Parramatta, like the odds were not close in that one, and it turned out to be, you know, very good call by Palmer Bet. And so when I saw the odds for this one, I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I have, they're one of the teams I've worried about all year, the, the Rabbitohs. Um, Penrith are really good at the, the week off. And I think their style of game, um, you know, because they're so relentless with the way they play, it's handy to have that week off. Some people have said, have they not had enough time on the field, especially all their key players. Like, I mean, Nathan Cleary has played one game in the last couple of months, really. And there's a few of their players that have played very few games over the last few months because of injuries or suspensions or whatever. Um, And I would have worried about that, except for the fact that they were in a a little bit of a similar situation against Parramatta Eels and we just, they just turned up and they were on. And none of those concerns ever showed, you know, they didn't rear their head in that game. So um, 
It's going to be at Homebush Stadium, which has traditionally over the last 10 or so years been the Rabdos home ground. West Tigers. Well, yes, it's one of the West Tigers home grounds as well. Hashtag jungle. Yes. Jungles. <laughs> New era. Hey, it's a um, big jungle. It's a very, very big jungle. It's like the fucking Amazon at this point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I look, I can't go past the Panthers. I just consistency defense um and for me it's all about a very very good team against a good a very good team but i feel as though latrell the x factor what happens there and that's the thing that really worries me uh and the 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 awesome thing is all of this theory all of the talking about it it's gonna happen on the football field and there's all of the talking doesn't matter anymore because we're going to see it. I love this. I yeah. love it. I think so what, we'll, what we'll see, in, in my view, is uh, Liam Martin will be tagging Cody Walker all game and not giving him any room to move. That was something that the Sharks let happen last week is um, Walker was allowed room to move around and do as he wished, and he exploited that a lot. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if um, yeah, Martin's – or even kick our ass to stop that from happening. Um, Cleary will just be kicking pretty much to Tani Milne all game and Campbell Graham, mm-hmm. keep it away from Johnson and Mitchell. So they can only do what they do when they're, you know, essentially in the Panthers' half. And so that'll keep them reasonably quiet. Um, Leota and Fisher-Harris are going to have to be working really hard in the middle there to make sure Cook doesn't run threw them too much at marker and in the middle of the field because he has been running straighter and um, that in turn has made South attacks so much sharper mm-hmm. and they get such a roll on off the back of it. Um, so they need to try and keep him quiet somehow. It's, I suppose the advantage is Coruscant's back this week as well for the, for the Panthers, which is a huge in for them. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The Bunnies, too, have a pretty big bench. So they're going to be trying to bash their way through the middle as much as they can. Um, Panthers' defense in the middle has been generally pretty rock solid all year. So it's a, it's, it's a weird one. I think a lot of teams on paper look at the Panthers' forwards and go, there's a lot of mobile guys there, but no, not too many guys who are full of, you know, big sort of meaty size about them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just bash through the middle of them and every team tries it and fails. And I I worry that South might have fallen into that trap as well. Yeah, because that like they're not they're not huge players in this Panthers pack, but they play like they are. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean Martin and Yo, for example. Yeah. Um they just man. And Leota. Just Leota just uh, he he just smashes people all yeah. the time. Absolutely. Even Fisher Harris isn't built that subtly for a prop. I think he, a lot of people look at him, you know, and think maybe he was more of a second role than a prop. Mm. But man, he runs so hard. He tack, his tackling technique is just so spot on. Um, love watching him play. Yeah, so, yeah I'm I'm getting going with the Panthers here. Look, I've I've got a fact for you, and that is, ever since my daughter's had a Panthers jumper, the Panthers have never lost a game. Oh, undefeated. 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 Yep. Um, yeah. It look. It's uh. It's it's 
it's going to be such a cool game. And like the revenge factor for last year's grand final is definitely going to be there for Souths. That's one thing to to keep in mind. Um, I just can't wait. These are the games that, you know, if you don't enjoy these games as a footy fan, you're doing footy fan wrong, you know. Well, that's right. It's like this is going to be amazing to watch and one of these these great teams is going to go through the grand final and, oh, man, it it should be a massive crowd at Homebush Stadium. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if there were more Rabbitohs fans there because they do have a bigger fan base overall. Um, and, man, if they can beat this great Panthers team, uh, you know, it's going to be an absolutely epic season for them, just oh, making absolutely. the grand final because this, this Panthers team, they've ticked so many boxes along the way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's hard to not tip the Panthers. Just going on there. Just going on, like you can, there's so many things to go on. The Rabbitohs have a couple of injury concerns as well. They also won't have Thomas Burgess there because he's suspended. And against the Panthers, I, I just think any time you've got any sort of weakness in the pack, it's it's not going to be a good thing. But I think the overarching thing for this is what will Latrell Mitchell do? And what can he do to this Panthers team? This might be the game where we look back and say, remember that game Latrell Mitchell had where he went from being a superstar to something different, something more. Yeah. Um, so I just can't wait for this game. I know a lot of Panthers fans are nervous. I don't get nervous going into games like this. I, I just get pumped because, you like, for so many years, if somebody had said, would you take – a semi-final loss, I would have said, book me in for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so to just have, have my footy team involved at this point, it's like, oh, man, this is great. This is exciting. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to ask you a question now. Obviously, it's uh, unprepared. Mm-hmm. But while you've got the uh, Palmerbet website open, do they have a market there for the Super League Grand Final? They would do, yeah. Let me go to it. Okay, so can, we could do a, a preview briefly on that one. Okay, okay, here's the market for the Super League Grand Final. So it's St Helens versus Leeds. Yep. By the way, did you see the crowds for their semi-finals? No, I've not seen much of the Super League this year, unfortunately. What was I, th- I think that the crowd for St Helens was like thirteen thousand. I think it was twelve thousand for the other game. Really? Yeah. And That's... like. And, and they're at their home grounds. Uh, like, I wonder if, though, if that's been impacted by the passing of the Queen, though. But in what way? Well, I think a lot of people... was Over there, everything shuts down. Nothing was shut down here, though. Like, the games were open. Everything was open. And I'm it talking about in England. On, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was on the weekend. I know, like, but I think a lot of people have the mindset that, oh, because she's passed away, everything's going to be stopped. So they just probably wouldn't have thought of going. Look, it's possible. I I put the message out there because I was shocked. I watched the game. I actually watched the game. And I was shocked. And I was like, why isn't this? I mean, the stadium was nearly half empty. It's only a small stadium. It'll be nice when it's finished. Yeah. Um, but I I asked about it online. And, and the thing that I got back was that English fans don't, like the idea of paying for a season ticket, which is very expensive over there, much more expensive than our tickets, and then having to pay for finals tickets as well, 
when they can save up to possibly go to the grand final. Um, they also said that it being on TV was another factor. Um, but And then there was also the factor of where the game is over there at the moment. Like, it's not in, in a good good health at all. But, yeah, two, two semifinals matches that were just... I mean, if you combined the the totals, they're still, you know... If I, if I said that it was 24,000 for a, a semifinal over there, you'd go like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good crowd. You wouldn't be jumping up and down about it, would you? Well, no. I think... States have been averaging between, you know, ten and 17,000 for most of their games for the last several years. So to get 13,000 for a finals game seems seems like something else is at play. But do you know, I looked at I looked at Rugby League Project's website for mm-hmm. at the Saints crowds when I saw the crowd. Obviously, Rugby League Project is a place to go when you want any uh, English Rugby League statistics. Every other website is just an imposter. And then, so I'm looking through... The, the crowd figures and I was kind of shocked at how small St. Helens crowds are like it made me think there's no need to call there's no need to say big super league clubs they're just larger than the other ones because their crowds were very very small I, like the, I mean, the capacity Helens, of totally wicked stadium is only 18,000 yeah but they should get look the, when you look at where they're at on the ladder when you look at what they've been doing over the last few years in Super League, they should be getting 15,000 average. Averaging 11,000 people. I've just had a look here online. Okay, so this stadium holds 18,000. Yeah. <laughs> I see the error of my ways. It sounds like fun, though. I went... What's the what's the population of St Helens? I didn't realise there was a St Helens in Australia. Yeah, but the, the St Helens in Australia is a population of fourteen hundred and fifty. Well, well, of course they're not going to fill it. There's only fourteen hundred of them. Yeah, it's not a lease situation. And keep in mind, like St Helens, they're drawing two thousand people in St Helens. Yeah, and keep in mind they're drawing on people that are living in St Helens and the surrounding areas, which is really just part of Greater Wigan. Yeah, but it's not exactly a huge population to draw upon. So a fifteen thousand, an eighteen thousand seat stadium is probably very rarely ever going to get filled anyway. Okay, I'm going to take. Okay, I'm going to do a mind experiment with you. Okay, okay, here we go. You were born in St Helens. Okay, poor bastard. You were raised in St Helens. So you were born in St Helens. You were raised in St Helens, right? You're living in St Helens still. Mm. For some reason, I'm picturing you as being bald. I don't know why. But you went bald when you were in your early 20s. I think it's an English thing. Okay. What were you going to do on the weekend outside of go to the St. Helens match? What are the other things that are going on in fucking St. Helens this weekend? Uh, in the local church car park, there's a meet-up where we go there and bitch and moan about Wigan. Ah. Yeah, now, we usually go to that. That is I missed a draw. the last two. That is a draw. Okay. Yeah. But I would suggest that stadium should have been rocking, and it wasn't. Keep in mind, Salford took 3,500 fans to that game. Which surprises me. I didn't think they had that many fans. I know. It's kind of shocking. Especially when you look at Salford's home crowds for the year, 5,000, 3,900, 4,000, 6,000, 4,000, 6,000, 5,000, 4,000, 3,000. You get the picture. And they're excited to be in the semi. I get it. You know? 
And yeah. it's not that far to travel. I know the English fans think they're traveling far, but we look at that and we're like, what, you're traveling to the letterbox? Like, calm down. Um, it's like a short distance, like traveling from, say, like Penrith to Sydney. Yeah. Like, what's fucking 90 kilometers to the average person, you know? That's um, fine. I mean, I walk that in less than a week. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I was shocked by them crowds. Anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about 25 minutes ago. Yeah. Palmerbet.com, gamble responsibly. Have St. Helens' favourites against the Leeds Rhinos at $1.45 compared to the Leeds Rhinos' $2.75. The Leeds Rhinos have a six-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, while with the six-and-a-half-point handicap, St. Helens are also at $1.90. Aiden Caesar is out of this game because of the actions of John Bateman. Yeah. Aiden Caesar is their star halfback, by the way. And has been playing really well since he went over to England too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did the did the obvious thing, went to Huddersfield, yep. and then uh, as happens brain. over there, you know, the other clubs, the the bigger clubs, well, not bigger clubs, larger clubs. Now it's worth uh, noting that um, Leeds finished fifth for the year. Mm-hmm. Seven wins less than St. Helens are at the top of the ladder. Yep. Um, the points difference for Leeds was 49, whereas for St. Helens it was 300. Yeah. Um, St. Helens, the only team to have conceded less than 480 points for the year, and they had 374. Their defense is ridiculously strong. Well, compared to everyone else. Yeah. Um, I can't see Leeds winning this game in the slightest. I wouldn't even be surprised if St. Helens win like 30 nil or something like that. Yeah, and St. Helens going for four straight Super League titles, whatever that's fucking worth. Um, so, you know, and they'll hand out the confetti, you know, over there, you know how they hand out confetti and they call yeah. it trophies. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing St. Helens will win it as well. Um, but we'll see what happens. Wouldn't it be such a breath of fresh air if Leeds won it? Honestly. Would it? Exactly. Like, who, who gives a fuck? Like, I understand English people don't give a fuck. I really do. And that's the problem. Even people in St. Helens don't give a fuck anymore. And people in Wigan don't give a fuck anymore. I mean, how how bored must you be if you're not a St. Helens Leeds or Wigan fan getting to this time every year and go, oh, it's one of those three teams playing in the grand final again, or two of those three teams in the grand final again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... it's not one of those three. You know, as you know that one of those three is going to be winning the premiership, even if it's not two of those three playing in the grand final. Oh, by the way, when I was watching that St. Helens versus Salford game, mm-hmm. Salford got screwed. I heard about this. It was a screw job. They uh, there was a blatant like uh, penalty try that should have been given. Yeah. Where there was a kick put through, and they just they the Salford play that was run through, they grabbed his shoulder from behind, and the guy got ten in the bin. But it's like that's a penalty try by the book. Didn't give that, and then there are a few other things they didn't give penalties for. And look, Salford had their opportunity, they didn't take it, but they weren't helped in that match. It was very very poor officiating. Screwed man, are they, are they like the West Tigers of the you know, of the Super League? 
Yeah, except that was screwed uh, by an external force rather than the internal screwing <laughs> that the West Tigers do to themselves. And and in finals football. Well, yeah, they were playing finals footy. Yeah. That makes Salford <laughs> better than the Tigers. Just think about this. The Salford Red Devils are much, much, much more likely to make the finals than the West Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. A bad place. Jeez. We're in a bad, dark, dark, sad place. Yeah, it's called Concord Oval. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're all of the big games of rugby league this weekend. Uh, so we've both gone North Queensland, we've both gone the Panthers, and then we've both gone St. Helens. Yep. Well, we'll see how we go, eh? Yeah, I'll try and get her into watching all three games this week, which would be a nice change. Yeah, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be watching all, all three games. So um, I will probably do a review after the Panthers game just because um, I'll just be pumped either way. Like, I'll, I'll, I could be very disappointed, though, if they lose. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend of footy leading into next weekend where we have the big one, the grand final. Yeah, as people often say, the big dance. The big dance. We're going to the big barn dance, Ma. Oh, that reminds me. Um, there was an article in the Channel 9 media, I think it's today, where they were saying that the Paramount Eels fans are channeling the Last Dance documentary. You know that Michael Jordan-made documentary where mm. Michael Jordan um, says how good Michael Jordan was? And I was thinking, like, the last dance documentary is how the Bulls won three NBA finals and then Michael Jordan retired for one season. Then he come back, didn't win the NBA title that year that he come back. The the Houston Rockets did. They went back to back. And then the the Chicago Bulls won three straight, you know, NBA titles. And mm-hmm. the last dance is about the last of those titles. Yeah. How many years haven't won a title since 1986? What the fuck are they talking about? Let alone six titles. Yeah. Um, Also, they don't have Michael Jordan. True, true. And they're not playing basketball. What are they doing? I just put it all down to Moneyball, Andrew. They might as well just be watching Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Roll around in some mud. At least that's reasonable. That's comparable. Okay, I'm trying to work this out. So, who would be Shrek in the Parramatta Eels lineup? I've got uh, to go. I'm thinking it's Junior Paulo. They're they're built the same way. They're the well, star. They might, you know, but he's he's the star. Yep. Um. So it's got to be Gutherson. No, I I thought. Okay, here's a question for you. I've got a name in my head. Who's the donkey? The donkey. Oh, that's a good one. Who's the donkey? You've got me there. How about how about Moses is Shrek and Gutherson's a donkey? I say I would have Gutherson as the donkey, right? Yeah. I would have Junior Paulo as Shrek because he's carrying the franchise. Okay. I don't know any of the others. I've never watched Mo- Shrek. Moses can be the princess. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Shrek. I've never seen the princess, but I'm all in on that. Well, you know, sometimes... Sometimes pretty to look at, sometimes not so much. <laughs> I think are, it's fitting. There, is there anyone else? There's got to be a bad guy in Shrek, is there? Yeah, there's some 
um, Evil Prince or something like that. Okay. That can be Ivan Cleary. Yeah, that's yeah, it's got to be. Although last weekend it was supposedly Ricky Stewart. It like last weekend it was like, oh, Ricky Stewart and all that bad blood and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what the fuck is all this about? Is this, you know, Parramatta carrying on with some shit that no one else cares about? Oh, it might be bad blood from that time he coached Parramatta for three weeks. Possibly. Did you see Ricky Stewart said that uh, if they didn't have injuries, they would have been top four side? Yeah, look, if the West Tigers didn't have shit players and, and uh, atrocious management, they'd be in the top four too. I mean, yeah. what's your point? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, seeing a, a rugby league team have players injured, it's unprecedented. Yeah, it's almost like the NRL conspired against the Raiders to injure their players. Well, they did. They did. Uh, I heard With that... Guarded dogs. I heard that 15 other NRL clubs... They were going out of their way to try and beat the Canberra Raiders this year, which is disgraceful. No. Yeah, yeah. Why? What well, have they, the Raiders ever done to them? Exactly. They conspired. That's sick. We yeah. should just hand the premiership to Canberra this year. I think it. I think so. I they think deserve so. it. Uh, it's the premiership trophy. It's got to be coded in some sort of like lacquer, doesn't it? Because I just worry about all of the salty tears from Canberra would you know, start to erode the trophy and make it all, like, you know how bronze goes, that green colour? I was going to say, would would the salt water make it go green? Is that maybe their plan is to change the, the trophy into green and go, ah, we're green as well, see, yeah, we're one like. Probably. Did you see the arrogant Parramatta fans uh, doing the Viking clap? How dare they? I know. So how disrespectful. Arrogant. Disrespectful. Arrogance. Uh, what was the other things they used to say? Uh, what was that thing they used to call the um, – was it Smug? No. That one when the, when the Panthers would shake hands after scoring a try. What was that one? Yeah, there was something they used to say. What was it? Uh, there was another one. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, disgraceful. I thought it was disgraceful. Seeing Paramount, yeah. I enjoyed winning. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not on. No, no, no. Bringing the game into disrepute is what they're doing. Pretty much, pretty much. What are their players going to go on TikTok next? Yeah, start dancing around. Go one step further. Terrible, terrible. Well, it's been a very good episode, Andrew. It has, it has. Um, we've covered everything we need to cover. We've done we well. Have. Yeah, we have. Now, just to let everyone know, there's going to be an episode that comes up in the next week or so where Julie decided she wanted to do an episode where she just interviewed me. She she did some hard-hitting questions. Um, it's not time-relevant. We, we recorded it a number of days ago, so it'll just be a random um, a random one that gets put out. But I think people will hopefully enjoy it. It's not too rugby league-related either, but it's obviously related to the podcast, and we talk about footy as well. So hopefully everyone enjoys it. Was she drunk? You could say that. Okay. And I was sober. I was stone cold, cold sober. You always have been. Yeah. Well, do you remember that Panthers game where they'd lost a number? It must have been 2018. <laughs> yes. And I, I got on and I was just not happy. <laughs> <laughs> your, your life was just slowly crumbling around you. It was, it was like 2018. I was like, I just can't imagine life getting any worse than this. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on the other side of the microphone going, 
Hmm. <laughs> I know mine's going to get worse. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I hope everyone enjoys the footy this weekend. Uh, we might do another episode leading up to it. We might not. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but there yes. will be episodes this weekend after games. That's right, yeah. Um, hopefully. Hopefully I'll be around to do something uh, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. If not this week, then it might have to be during the grand final or after it. Yeah, after the – well, obviously you're going to be there before the grand – well, oh, do you mean the, the St. Helens grand final? Well, maybe both. Who knows? I don't know what to, what's the times the St. Helens grand final. You'll be three, awake. It's on at 3 a.m. Oh, You'll probably, be awake. Be awake. I know Fuck. I fucking will be. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't do it to you if it's still 3 o'clock in the morning. Fuck at that. Well, look, if, if it's 3 o'clock, I don't know if I'll be awake. But at least we've got the option that if St. Helens run away to a lead or Leeds run away to a lead, we can say, oh, well, that was a good game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can have this. We can have it done in about 20 minutes then. Yeah, exactly. A quick exactly. episode. Yeah. Easy as you like. Alrighty. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check out our sponsors, palmabet.com. Uh, and as always, gamble responsibly. Um, you can check us out on the socials at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, so check us out on all of those. Subscribe, like, um, give us your reviews, five-star rating. Do all of that, please. It's been ages. And um, we'll catch us all later. Oh, Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.